Aren't you glad you came to church today? If you said no, we're not done yet. We'll get there. Gosh, what a great day. Um, we're going to walk through some things, but I have a special guest who will be helping me teach the sermon. Would you welcome my wife this morning to join me? Really just a chance to steal a kiss on stage is what we're done now. So I was asking Ashley, I was like, do you remember the last time your mom sat up on stage with me in a sermon kind of thing? Yeah, put your feet up if you want. I want you to be comfortable. I want y'all to watch. I said, I care so much. Serve all the time. <laughs> Have we done this before? I don't think so. I don't think so either. She thought we did. Oh. But I, I think she's wrong. So where two or more agree, she's wrong. <laughs> so we're going to do this. If y'all uh, aren't sure what's happening today, we're going to be walking through Romans chapter 12, verse 1. And we, as we talked about today, uh, just visited. And, and we just want to share stories from our life with you. Um, it's some that have been earlier on and some that have kind of traveled later on. And um, Christy, you're, she, you're safe. If you're like, does this church have a, a, a husband and wife pastor? She has no, this is her love act for me and for you to be up here today. She's like, can I just roll the piano out and talk from there? Um, but it's pretty special. And so... Um, as we get ready today, I know we just prayed over everything, but this is a really special word. Uh, this passage is special to us. This day is special to us. These stories, part of the hardest part was trying to figure out which ones to tell and which ones not to tell um, because we love the ups and downs of our life and we want to share it with you um, for the glory of God today a little bit. So would you just bow with us and let's pray together as we get rolling? Father God, thank you for this day. Lord, thanks for giving us an opportunity and a chance to be together in your church. Uh, Lord, thank you for my beloved. Uh, God, I, I cannot fathom life uh, without her, uh, Lord. And so I praise you um, for that gift um, that you gave me so many years ago. Uh, Lord, we thank you for this moment. We thank you for this day. Be with us as we open your word in Jesus' name. Amen. That's good. I'm glad you brought it. I shrunk my notes, but I can't read them, so I might look at yours every now and then. I met Christy when I was 10 in fifth grade Sunday school class. I was new. Her dad was a minister, and she didn't talk to me or welcome me. It's not true. <laughs> so, we did meet when we were 10. We hey, did. do a mic check for me real quick. Hello, hello, hello. Is that loud enough out there? Okay, good. I know I'm loud, so you're welcome. So we met when we were 10. We knew each other for... Uh, 12 years then before we got married and we've been married next summer 25 years so put it all together is about 37 years of relationship yeah you can I mean that's called stamina on this half and grace on this half so that's kind of our story a little bit we were best friends for 12 years uh, for 10 years and then about 10 and a half years I just she said let's go do something fine I'm like that's great and I opened the door and I said that is the most beautiful woman I've ever seen in my life and everybody's like you've seen her for the last like 12 years I'm like God is good so we're here today um, a few months ago I, I snuck away to start thinking about the theme for next year 
And in doing that, I, on my study breaks, I don't, I don't answer a lot of phone calls. Our deacons and staff really protect that time. My goal is to prepare my sermon series for all of next year. That's the goal. If I can have where we're going as a church and the passages we're going to use and that kind of thing, um, the only calls I take during the day um, are really from Christy and then maybe Ashley or Connor. They don't call very often, so it's safe, but through Christy. And often she's saying, how's it going? What are you doing? Um, I know that when she's back here doing all the normal life that she's covering me in prayer. Um, and, I, and I remember earlier on in the summer telling her and the staff, like, I just feel like the Lord needs to be our servant, our, our direction for next year. Like just that, that song that we're singing is, is He Is, right? We sing that over and over. And if you've forgotten, um, we think we've been out of COVID for a while but, but I was kind of thumbing through recent history. And, and a little over two and a half years ago, the world stopped. And the message was, it's you. It's you, it's you, it's you. And then it became, it's not just you, but it's others. But it all became this life focus right here in this moment. And, and that focus, I mean, can you imagine 21 days makes a habit? We would say, well, that, that was a year and a half ago that ended. Well, listen, I was sneaking across the Canadian border in May because I couldn't get in the country because of COVID stuff still. So if you didn't know that, welcome to First Baptist. <laughs> in, in March, there were still states that said mask mandates in every indoor building. We're talking a few months ago. And, and so when we think through this rhythm of it's all about you, it's all about now, it's all about life now, it's all about extending this day and making another day happen, all about how much money do you need to enjoy this break from life, let's give you money, whatever it takes to make your eyes and your heart focus right here. I just was like, God, that is not your word. And so I just remember telling Christy, like, I don't know what I'm talking about. I told our staff, God is epic, it's in his hands, and they were like, keep working on it. And so I remember sitting one day, and Chris said, what are you doing? I said, well, there's a place that has one chair, and it's like a cove I can hide in, and just people watch. And, and I said, I'm just reading the Bible because I don't know. But as I kept going down, I just started writing things about God. Like, he's so incredible, he's so amazing, he's so awesome. I just started writing unwords about him and all those kinds of things. And I came back to our staff and I'm like, guys, my words are falling short. So Christy and I are praying about it and staff is going on. They're like, David, like he is. Like, I wonder if that just needs to be our theme. And so the more we talked about it and got away, I just scribbled these words first in my journal, then sent them to my family and then to our staff. That's my, kind of my, my flow. And I said, worth it all. He is is my focus and worth it all is my part. Like that, how do I live my life like that? And so, so then we started talking about our story. Um, and if you haven't guessed, um, um, ministry is not really how you get rich in life. If you haven't figured that out yet, there are some people that do it. They're doing it weirdly, but um, that's not our story. Um, we talked about it before. And so what I want to do is walk you through a passage that lit our heart up a little bit. And then I'm going to let Christy do a lot of the talking as we talk about how we've seen this play out in our life and how hard it was at times and how worth it all it has been. So Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says it like this. 
I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. I started digging into that. And Christy, y'all, living with me is tough. I know you're supposed to say, no, it's easy. <laughs> but living with me is tough. Because every time I discover something, like I'm texting her about it, or I'm calling her about it. And let me tell you, as I pulled this passage apart and I looked at the meanings of all the words, I just wrote it in words that hit me. And when I shared them with Christy and we started talking about today, it really lit us up. First of all, I appeal to you, therefore. The word appeal means I urge you with everything I've got. It's not like a, a thought. It just means if I could get out there, young man, and grab you by the ear and pull you up here, that's the biblical picture of the word appeal. You, moms, you've been doing that for a long time. I appeal to you, sit down, right? You've been doing that. That's what it means. It's got energy behind it because of, of what comes next. I appeal to, therefore, to you, therefore, now listen to this next line. By the mercies of God, present your bodies as living sacrifices. And we don't say by the mercies of God, but if you pull that apart, what it means is this. I am urging you with everything I have because of the compassion of our King that I have witnessed in my life and in creation. It is the compassion of God that I have seen and experienced that tells me and urges you to let your life be available to God as a living offering, always, all the time, hands open. That's what this passage means. And, and it goes further, it says, holy and acceptable to God. That means on his terms, his way, what he wants, not mine. And then he says, this is your spiritual act of worship. Those are not familiar things. Those are weird words to us. Here's what it means. This is the only, spiritual is actually the word reasonable. This is the only reasonable way to serve the divine king of kings yeah and i think like hearing those words and just the the magnitude of those words we have gone through lots of ups and downs as everybody does right i mean we're people so that's what happens we go through ups and downs in our lives but through it all we've always experienced god's compassion over and over again even when we weren't being great right we weren't we weren't serving the lord full on um and so that's just kind of where we have done and what has shaped our life like to this day all of those ups and downs and how god has continued to show us compassion over and over and over it's pretty crazy when we think i mean we sat down as we're talking through these stories and sat down we were driving to waco I don't think we could articulate in the time we have what it's like to experience God's passion, compassion, because so often we're so busy taking care of ourselves. And when scripture says, this is the only reasonable way, Christian, that you can worship the divine King of Kings, this is it. There's no other reasonable way to do it. It either hits you in the chest or it lights you up because of God's compassion. 
And so we just start talking about passages of scripture that make us think about what, how does scripture display that to us? And, and you guys know, I, I am a, a journaler a lot. Um, Christy and I, it's fun to hear her talk through her things as well. And, uh, and, and in that, and so we just start talking through it. And I, and I find myself, first of all, in Mark 12, uh, 29 and 30, they asked Jesus, like, what's the greatest commandment? Like, what's, what's a reasonable way to serve the divine king of kings? And he says, this is it. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Serve the Lord your God. Right? Make sure I say it. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. Like, like that, that one popped into my mind, like, immediately. Yeah, and I was just talking about the Sermon on the Mount and where Jesus is talking in uh, Matthew 6, 25 through 33, where it's like, be anxious for nothing, right? And and literally, like, it doesn't worry about your food. You don't need to worry about that, right? He And your clothes, and he goes through all of those specific things. Like, we get so caught up in like, yeah, but, you know, I'm a box person. I want everything in a box. I want to know what's going to come. I, I've planned it all out. I, you know, I'm a planner, so I know all the things, right? And God's like, why are you worried about that? Like, literally, I already know what, what's going to happen. You're going to be taken care of, you know? So that was just kind of where, where I landed on that. Yeah, it's, I'm a box person, too. He's an out-of-the-box. <laughs> Unless it's his box. That's true. And then it's fine with his That's another lesson. Uh-huh. That's another. <laughs> now, you know what? As we look at these things, I just wanted you to see our rhythm. As we are different people to the glory of God. And a lot of times, those can create moments where you have to experience God's compassion in your life. And quite honestly, I don't know that I would be here or that we would be here without the other saying, look at God being kind to us. And so as we thought about how do we tell people he's worth it all? I mean, people will say time, talents, and treasures. That works well because it all starts with T and you remember it well. But for us, it was living and giving and serving. Like if you were to say, what pockets in your life do you try your best to let your divine, reasonable act of worship be to live wholly out for God? I would say, we just do our very best to experience that in living, giving, and serving. And it's not always easy. And so we want to spend the next 15 minutes or so just sharing with you some stories and then inviting you to join us in a covenant, in a challenge for next year. And so um, as we kind of walked it out, I've got to stay in my notes here because I'm a little too fluid and Christy only agrees to stay with me when I tell her where I'm going and she doesn't have to ad-lib everything. But for me, the easiest now as an older man is often the area that's hardest. Um, giving sacrificially is probably the, become the easiest part. I don't know if that's because we grew up either having something or nothing and then nothings were, were long. We always had what we needed. Um, but when we got married, um, my $1,333 a month uh, note, 10% of that tithe, um, it, 
it wasn't going to help our church win that $133 a month, and it wasn't even really going to pay any bills for us. But it had never been a question in Christy's heart and her family, and it was kind of cool to me. I didn't know any different. I came out of A&M making nothing and having this negative number on a loan somewhere. And, and I just remember thinking, God, I think I can give this to you easily. And so for me, that giving sacrificially started easily, but it wasn't always the case. Yeah, and I grew up, literally my dad was finance person at church, so like it wasn't even like, is that even an option? Like we started giving when we were little bitty um, with whatever we had, you know, whatever the 10% of my been five cents, you know, but that's what we did. Um, so it was never like a thought of my, in my brain, honestly, I just, that's what we do. And um, David came to us, came, came to me specifically, um, it was a couple of years before we um, left our last church and um, he said, I really feel like the Lord is asking us to give half of our salary back to the church. And I was like, okay, I'm a box person, right? A planner. And I'm like, wait, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I, like, I wasn't working, so that was just his paycheck. And I'm like, how in the world are we going to make that even happen? Um, and so I said, let's pray about it because this needs to be like, a Lord thing, because sometimes he comes up with crazy things like again a different sermon. <laughs> um, a different and I'm like, skull. did you even think through this? Like, I literally have no. I mean, I'm not contributing anything to this, so it's just his salary, and we didn't. Ma we made fine, you know, when we have a full paycheck. So anyway, I was like, okay, we we, we really felt like that was what it was. Okay, so that's what we said we'll do. Um, and it was also November, which when we always did all of our Christmas presents, right? So we're like, all right, this is going to be interesting. I'm not sure how we're going to, I don't know. So I was like, uh, we're going to just make it a fun game. The kids were fairly little, probably 10 and 13-ish, mm -hmm. somewhere around there. Yeah. No, maybe, maybe a little earlier. Maybe early. 10 and say 8, somewhere. Yeah. Seven, somewhere. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So, but they were, old, they were older elementary, though. Like, they, they got it, like, what we were doing. So we sat down and we just said, this is what we feel like God's asking us to do. Um, and I said, so, you know, we're not going out to eat. We are literally eating out of our pantry and whatever's in our freezer. So we had some interesting meals, but it's fine. Um, and so we, we did that, and, and it was super fun, actually. We, we had to be really creative, like, what games are we going to play? We're not going to go out to the movies, but what could we, you know, watch on TV? And, um, and so we did that, and... Um, God like totally showed up in just crazy ways. And so we had before that had decided we were going to give the kids a uh, trampoline. But of course, you know, when now we have no money. So we're like, okay, well, that's not going to happen. Um, so we always kind of used it as a date day to go to Black Friday. And we don't do Black Friday like most people do Black Friday, but um, like we don't like to sit with all those people, but we like to go to sports. Not authority. that there's anything wrong with no, that. No, no, no. Um, but for us personally, <laughs> so we would get up, we'd go to Sports Authority because they always gave you gift cards if you were the first 80s. So we stood in line and, um, you know, it's usually like five, ten bucks, whatever, but it was something free that we could like get the kids balls or little things. Well, I scratch off my thing and I'm like, I got ten dollars, you know, yeah, yay. Um, he scratches his off and it's five hundred dollars. And I was like, he goes, 
Christy. <laughs> I just got double check this. Yeah, he's like, I just got five hundred dollars. I'm like, everybody's getting stuff for sports That's authority. Right. Everybody, so, rocket um, t-shirt for you. <laughs> but you know, like, what was so incredible was like, what had we had said? We wanted a trampoline for the kids, right? Of all the places and all the things yeah. that God could have provided, He didn't have to do that, right? right? But He He chose to do that. And then there was another situation where, oh, and in the midst of all this, my uncle calls and says, would you like to go to Israel? Which I'm like, sure, but there is no way we're going to Israel. Like, we don't even have money, you know, to do normal things right now. And um, anyway, long story, I'm not going to go into all of that, but our trip was completely paid for during that November, and we went in March completely By paid people for. people that we had never met, never yeah. known. Um, so it was just incredible. And so there was so many things that God, like, provided that he didn't have to at all. Like, that wasn't, I mean, we were getting joy out of just, like, trying to figure out how to make it, you know? Like, how? what are we going to fix with cream of mushroom soup and you know a can of green beans and chicken um and so like we kind of made that as a, a game but it brought us such joy and yet at the same time the lord is like yes but watch this yeah. i'm going to provide this and in fact you know we didn't do anything outside of our house at that moment um and a lady came in December and said, hey, you know, I know you did a funeral for my sister like months and months and months ago, and I'm so sorry I'm late. And she gives us a check for $250 and says on the little card, it says, I do not want you to use this for like bills and stuff, but I want you to just spoil your family. And I was like, what? So we tell the kids, we're like, hey, like, what do you want to do? Like, you know, so we're... And because here they had sacrificed as well, right? It wasn't just us sacrificing. Our kids had to sacrifice. And um, so it was just so fun to be able to, like, lavish all of that on them. Like, you know, so we just went out to eat and, you know, did stuff we didn't get to do in November. It was good. We didn't even go to McDonald's. It's probably somewhere fancy. Yeah. No, it was. I, I just remember that moment coming to Christy and, and just saying, Christy, the people in our church who are our friends— most of them came to know Christ after they were adults. About 40% of the church gave their life to Christ while we were there. They became our members. And I would have grown men tearing up and crying and saying, David, I don't have anything to give to God because I have overextended myself. And I said, Christy, I don't know what to say but I know we're living paycheck to paycheck. Y'all, when Ashley went to college, we had saved up $1,900. That's it. And she wanted to go to Baylor. Scott's <laughs> over there saying, don't do that, church. Wait for my testimony eventually. So we're living paycheck to paycheck. And I just said, I don't know what to tell them. So if I believe that God is able to free them who want to be freed, how can we lead? Well, and I'll tell you too, um, they always thought, why, I'm not sure, but they always thought we were wealthy. Like, but 
but we didn't get as much money as they did, right? But, and so... Yeah, like 40000 a year is what we were living off of. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, and I tell my girls all this in Sunday school, but I'm like, God's math is different. Like, I don't know how it makes, it doesn't make sense. Like, but when we give that... All of a sudden, all of this stuff that I'm like, there is no way that's going to work, right? But God's math is just different, and it works. But you have to give them that first, you know? And so I think that was what we were just, they, because of course it would be at the end that they're trying to give while well, they've already spent it all on various things, right? But, you know, we were just encouraging them, like, do it first, and yeah. his yep. math works. Yeah, and Christy has the gift of faith. There's a lot of times where I think, I think, I remember crying on the floor. She's like, I remember you crying on the floor. <laughs> like, that's hard to believe. <laughs> Some of y'all laughed way too quick at that. <laughs> but, but we, I mean, our children, I, I want them to live so open-handed with what they have for Jesus. Because experiencing God's compassion is way better than the fruit of my investment. But it's not just that one. I mean, that was, that was the harder one for me. Um, the, the next one was um, different. Yeah, so um, I grew up, my mom was a preschool minister. So like literally that's what I did. I, I was putting out apple juice, watered down nasty apple juice, by the way, and <laughs> Cheez-Its every Sunday morning from whenever I, I was old enough to carry the baskets, right? Like to, to take them into each the room. And, and then after church, I would make the rounds to clean them up. And I ate a lot of Cheez-Its. Um, but you know, it was fine. Um, so that's what I did. Like that's literally, I, I thought that's what I'm going to do the rest of my life. And, um, so we were in youth ministry, and I always worked with him in youth ministry on, like, Sunday nights, Wednesday nights, and always went to camp and mission trip. But Sunday morning, I'm like, but my thing is teaching with preschoolers because I loved, especially fours and fives, that was kind of like, I loved it. Um, and so, you know, that was just kind of our understanding, and um, we get to our church in Longview, and so I'm like, okay, you know, where can I serve? And they're like, we don't need any preschool workers, and I'm like... <laughs> What? I mean, like, what kind of... A Jana's like, please don't listen to that. Yeah, I'm like, never in... Ever that have I heard that. Um, and so I was like, huh. Like, then what am I supposed to do? Like, you know, like, that's what I do is I teach preschoolers. And um, so I tried sitting in a Sunday school class. I really tried it. Um, I'm just not good. I feel like God has led me to teach, like that's what I'm supposed to be doing and so I'm like I tried sitting and listening and I was like this is not where I'm supposed to be and somebody said maybe you should teach junior high girls and I was like <laughs> you're crazy I'm like no that's actually not what God's telling me um and so then you know it happened a couple of times and because we need we had a spot in junior high girls that we needed a teacher and I was like no 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 I do preschool. I don't do junior high girls. Um, and so that Sunday, I mean, this has happened multiple times, but one Sunday it was like the whole Moses, I, I don't know how to talk, blah, 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 blah. Like all the excuses I had given of why I can't teach junior high girls, right? 
And so I remember just going to David's office and I was like, okay. I mean, literally I said it like this. I can tell you where she was standing. <laughs> I said, I'm supposed to teach junior high girls. Don't say anything. Just sign me up. And that's what I'm supposed to do. And he was like, wait, what? And I was like, I, I don't know. But before I change my mind, you need to go ahead and, and write it down. And, um, and you know, what God showed me through all of that was in preschool ministry, I really did it on my own, right? I could get any baby to go to sleep except for my own daughter. But other than that, I could always get the babies to go to sleep. I could get fours and fives. We could sit there and sing and I could get them to do anything I wanted them to do. We could learn so many things. I loved it, but I really could do it on my own. Like, I, I literally did not need Jesus in that situation, so you, you right? Felt, yeah. And so, like, junior high, especially the girls that I was they were tough. teaching, they were They tough. were really tough. Like, um, and I was like, every, I was literally on my knees all the time, like, what am I supposed to do with these girls, right? And so God showed me through that, like, I had to give up something that I thought I would do for the rest of my life. My mom is still teaching preschool and she's 70 years old. She loves it. Um, and so here we are like, wait, I'm supposed to do what, you know? So, and here we are still teaching junior high and now I'm actually teaching junior high choir, which is a whole other thing. But anyway. yeah. Yeah. So I was in youth ministry for 10 years. And so we laughed that Christy's been in youth ministry longer than I have uh, in our life. And realizing, as a pastor, sometimes you think, and as a youth minister, maybe as well, we just think your spouse is supposed to serve someone. We're just happy that they're serving. And, and don't get me wrong, it was true. I, I've never been a place where Christy, anyone ever, ever wore, wore that down. But realizing that, that serving sacrificially is actually better than serving out of your availability, um, that's been something that not only have we learned, but we've loved. Um, when Christy and I, when we lead and go on mission trips, uh, years ago, a mission trip came to our church. And uh, the Baptist men, James is over there is a Baptist man, bigger staff. We had some others in this church um, not help on our project. Um, but how they work is they were roofing a facility that we were building. And they quit at, at noon on Saturday. Um, and so when they do that... Um, that stops until Monday. Well, we needed to get the roof dried in before they, before they did anything else. And so they're coming down. I'm like, guys, I'm going to stay up here and work. They're like, man, that, that's fine. I mean, it's, it's, you know, Saturday at noon and it could rain and we don't want to be behind and we're just in trouble. And Christy goes, I'll get up there with you. And so Christy starts walking up and we're carrying felt paper up the ladder. And let me tell you what, all those men followed her up that ladder. <laughs> they said, we are not letting your wife outwork us on the roof. I'm like, well, she's been outworking me for years. But it hurt. Our bodies hurt that day. It wasn't that the action was cup filling. It was the sacrifice that led us to experience God's compassion in a way that we would not have if we didn't live sacrificially. There's a weird thing when it comes to sacrificing and loss and pain and compassion because sacrifice is giving up something that I have for something or someone else. 
And so giving sacrificially, serving sacrificially, and living sacrificially is kind of part of our story. When, when we, living sacrificially is the part that preachers are paid to do. Um, that, that's kind of what I've thought my whole life. And then I became a minister and I couldn't get enough of it. And I think that's one of the reasons that I think maybe binds Christy and I more than anything else is it's hard to get enough of you for us. Um, when we were young, I mean, you were, you're still young. Very young. Very young. Um, I'm eight days older than Christy. <laughs> I look 20 years old. You're just so beautiful. Uh, some, some ladies Sometimes laughing. Sometimes he just digs. <laughs> but but I, I just remember thinking when we were young, we want to go and be at everything everywhere. Um, we got married at 22, and Ashley came into this world at 25. Um, so Christy was pregnant after two years um, with that. And when you're a pregnant ladies, you're tired. Do you know this? Um, your life runs differently. Um, and then when you have toddlers, you're like pregnant on steroids tired, right? That's what I've witnessed. And we had to start making decisions. What was family to us and what did family time look like? We, we didn't have much money to do stuff. How would we spend our time and how would we live for Jesus? And I don't know that we ever talked about it out loud. That was what was funny. These are the things we talked a lot about. But I want you to know my children don't know what it's like to have a family without the church. Um, we've gone to more football games and they have gone to more football and volleyball and basketball games. Uh, when we would say we're going out to lunch, they would say what? Who's coming with us? That's it. <laughs> or like every night, Connor would say, who's coming over for dinner? I'm like, it's just the four of us. No, but like, who's coming over? I'm like, no, it's just the four of us. I don't know how or why, but somewhere along the way, our time stopped being our own. Um, and there were nights where I was home with the kids and Christy was serving, nights where I was serving Christy homes, but many, many nights wherever we had something, the other one and the children were too. I mean, Ashley has gone to Disciple Now since she was 20, well, for 22 years. She's 21 now. Like in Christy's belly, she's bouncing at Disciple Now. She was crazy. She was crazy. But we just decided... If we believe that the church is the bride of Christ, and our highest aim is eternity with the Lord and his bride, then why would we ever not want our family to include you? And so, most of our dates in our life, I mean, I was thinking, and you probably remember more than I do, like vacation, we didn't have the funds to do vacation and mission trip. And the church wasn't on vacation with us, so our children didn't know. They didn't know vacations. Because vacation was a mission trip if we were going to spend our time with someone doing something 
it wasn't our own. And I was thinking like with COVID, like I think the last three years has been the longest run where our family hasn't been able to go on a mission trip together in all of our children's existence. We've gone on vacations and other things. And I'm telling you, it leaves you wanting. It leaves you wanting. And so as we talked through all of this, if we could pour our life out for you right now to tell you what we would, if we could get up and make you, we would do it because we wouldn't know life and it wouldn't be sweet for sure if it wasn't for doing our darndest and falling a lot but to live sacrificially and God showing us how deep his compassion was how much better his compassion and his kindness is than what we were trying to accomplish on our own so three, two, three weeks ago, I, I said to Christy, I want next year to be about him. And Christy, she doesn't bat an eye. It's so wonderful. Um, but sorry, I was journaling this week and Micah was jealous. This is what's going through my mind when I pause. Uh, David's wife, was jealous that she was worship, he was worshiping the Lord and he was in the room and I thought how horrible it is or maybe how lucky I am that I have a wife who dances with, in the street with me just so you'll know what goes through my mind. I said, Christy, I want to live and give and serve sacrificially and we started talking about what that could look like and we're careful because we don't want the right hand to know what the left hand's doing but I want you to know because I want to invite you to join us uh, in the chair next to you is a card that says he is and we want to invite you to live and to give and to serve sacrificially with us next year if you're a single person it's name if it's married it's names plural and I'll tell you about that in a second but, but I said I want to live sacrificially um during COVID, our house closed up because it was the right thing to do. I don't know how it worked. I'd do a hundred things differently if I could go back probably. But this year, we want to live sacrificially. We want to be at more things with you than we've been at. And we know it's going to cost us some of our family time at home again that we've kind of gotten used to. But we want to have our door open and our table full more next year than it has been in the past three years. And it's going to cost us some comfort because we have to clean our house up. And by clean, what I mean is pick up. What Christy means is clean. But we want to live sacrificially. And then I told Christy, I think I texted her first at school, which is always good because she can't respond back immediately. I'm like, I'm literally teaching. I can't respond to her. <laughs> I said, I want to give, we, we have always, and, it, and I know everybody is not, and that's okay, but, but in my married life, tithing has always been something that's the normative. I can't imagine not doing it, quite honestly. But I will be honest, it, it doesn't hurt us. I don't have to, we don't have to give up anything to tithe anymore. It's just part of our rhythm. 
I said, Christy, next year I want to give in a way that costs us something. Like, we will have to change a rhythm in our life in order to give sacrificially to the Lord. And it's great, because she starts off, she has a two-part thing. She says, first of all, if the Lord's in it... I always say, like, if the Lord is asking us to do it, then... I'm in. That's right? it. And the reason that she said I'm in is because she knows he has never let us down. There's never been a moment. We haven't had the good, all the goodies of life, but he's never let us down. And then we want to serve sacrificially. And the best place that we said we could start was you. Um, if you desire to, oh, my hand's shaking. That's odd. Um, we know this is a step for us and I'm not asking you or telling you what that looks like but I don't think you need to pray about living God's word out as he commands you to do it I'm pretty sure the answer is God said it we do it but if you commit to strive to do this next year we want you to write your name down and in a moment, we're just going to be on our knees in front of the Lord in prayer. And we want to invite you to come up to the front and pray with us. And if you have littles, you just do what we did. We just brought them to the altar when we came. And we're just going to ask you to leave your card on the altar. And what we're going to do is we're going to disrupt our rhythm of how we kind of organize things and whatnot. We know it's going to be different and difficult and so we're just going to commit to pray for you by name every week for the next year. We pray over you as a church, but just by name, because we want not just for you to live, give, and serve sacrificially. We want you to have conversations like we do. What does that look like, Lord Jesus? Lead us. Don't just make up junk. Christy does that all the time. Not true. <laughs> Christy often has to say, is this you or is this day of the Lord? But we talk about it and what we do, we do together. And I am telling you, I know what COVID has done. It has made you think about you and me think about me. It has made you jealous of some. It has made you angry at others. It has made a grudge form in your life. It has made you have conversations against people and they're not even in the room. There's only one way that you are called to live for Jesus Christ. There's only one reasonable way to serve the divine. And that is to live your life sacrificially for Jesus. So here's what we're going to do. I'm, I'm going to pray and Omar and some of the praise team is going to come up and they'll start leading. We're not going to have a time of, of standing. I maybe want to make it uncomfortable for you a little bit because I'm okay with that. But when they start singing, if you and if you or you and your wife or you and your husband want to join us in this part as we head into next year we're going to invite you to get up and be uncomfortable and come pray with us at the altar if you can't physically do that or if you're anxious right now and later on you have to come back and place in the offering box that's okay but when you leave your card we're going to pray for you and then you're going to get one communication from us do you want us to check on you do you want us to hear the stories of God's compassion in your life? That'll be the only communication about this. You have to trust that we're praying for you the rest of the year. But if you say yes, 
then we're gonna commit to check on you and to celebrate God's compassion with you in the year ahead. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you for my beloved. (laughs) God, I, I praise you for the firmness of her faith, for the reality of her heart, for the truth of your word. God, I I can't imagine living life the way the last three years have tried to turn our hearts and our eyes to this world and this life, God, as the fullness of the fruit. Lord, we know the truth in our marriage and in our life of what it is to live like you're worth it all. And Lord, the stories that we have, the memories that we share, the things we talk about with our children, none of them God, not a single one is rooted in me as a hero not a single one is rooted in the cognitive plans that fire off in my head. Because you're better than that. Everything that is good every story that will fill our lips for years to come will be the same ones that filled our lips in the days past. You are good. And God was worth it all. Lord, you are worthy. And in your worthiness, you have made our sacrifice as light as a feather, sweeter than honey. So we don't want to live any other other way. I don't want to love my wife any other way. I don't want to lead my children any other way because I don't want to serve my God because there's no other reasonable way. the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You are worthy. So in the only worthy name I pray, King Jesus.